Now, I've spent most of my life being fascinated by Zebedee, the father who was left in the boat as his sons, James and John, just got off and followed Jesus and walked out of his life. Now, I always wondered how Zebedee would feel. And it wasn't until I understood more about the culture and the practice of the day that it made any sense to me. And I know we, we think we can look at scripture as just these simple stories without fleshing them out, but I believe it's to our disadvantage. Because when we understand the religious practices of the day, things make a lot more sense to us. It began when the rabbis would come into the community on their itinerant circuit to teach the people, rabbi meaning teacher, and reminded that, that my actual title at this church is that I am the settled pastor and teacher. So my role is to be a shepherd and a teacher. And so that's quite like the rabbis of Jesus's day. And they would go from town to town and they would gather the little boys together. I'm not sure if a few little girls ever snuck into the mix, but it tended to be the boys and they would teach them the Torah, the first five books of the Tanakh, the Hebrew scriptures. And so by the age of five, they would be able to tell you about Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. They would be able to gather all the knowledge from those books and tell you what the story was about. They could tell you about the beginning. They could tell you about Noah. They could tell you about Moses. They could tell you those stories. And they could tell you lots of the laws that are laid down in Leviticus about how to live. And so by the age of five, these young boys would know this. And then the rabbi would pick the best of those boys to continue studying, and the others would go on to study and learn from their families and be raised up in the community of, uh, and the livelihood of the family. But the rabbi would pick the best and they would study with the rabbi until they were 13 years old. And they would not just understand the Torah, they would have studied the historic books and the prophetic books and the wisdom books. And they would have had an understanding about what this meant not just what the stories were, but what the stories meant. Now, if we go 
that, that little tiny piece in Luke, where we find Jesus at the age of 12, in the synagogue, you all must remember this story, they had all gone into Jerusalem for the festival, Jesus and all his family, and there they are three days out of the city, and Mary's like, where's, where's Jesus? And you know how it is with cousins, and nobody knows where Jesus is, so Joseph, Mary, they start looking, and they go back into the city, and there they find Jesus, sitting in the synagogue, teaching the rabbis. There they are in the synagogue, watching Jesus, their 12-year-old son, explaining the depth of meaning of the scriptures to the rabbis. Now again, my first reaction is, what is Mary feeling? I always come at this from a parental point of view. It's like, excuse me, three days later and you weren't with us, and what's up with that, and this is not never happening again? But the amazement they must have had that their son, their child, had that depth of knowledge. He was able to gather together the brightest people in the all of their faith community and hold them captivated by the depth of their understanding. And so it was that young men learned to study and learned to understand scripture. And at the age of 13, the rabbi would pick the best of the best. The best of the best to follow him. And to follow that rabbi. And the blessing that was said was may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. As you walked from town to town on this itinerant route to teach in this dusty land as you were following and listening to your rabbi and the dust was kicked up from the feet and the blessing is made to be covered by the dust of your rabbi. And so these young men, Andrew, Andrew would just be called up out of the boat and his brother Simon, later to be called Peter, would be called out of the boat and be told, come, follow me. Come, follow me, your rabbi, so that you might be covered by the dust of my feet. And then he says to James and John, as they're in the boat with their father Zebedee, he says, come, follow me. And Zebedee must have said, oh, thank the Lord. My sons are the best of the best. They just got accepted into Harvard. They are the best of the best. They just got accepted into MIT. Oh, they are the best of the best. Or maybe Yale or Princeton, but we're in Massachusetts, so we won't even go there. 
but the best of the best. My sons are the best of the best. And so they go and follow Jesus. They already know the stories of scripture. They can talk in depth about the meaning of scripture. They're following Jesus so they can learn how to live out the scripture. So we are called to come follow Jesus. Come follow me and be covered by my dust. Not so you just know the stories of scripture. Not so that you can hold intellectual conversations about me, the meaning of scripture. But so that you can live out what scripture teaches us. So that you can live out that faith. So that it becomes a lived faith. One that's in our hearts, one that's in our souls, one that can be used to build up rather than break down, one that can be used to heal. And so we hear those words, come, follow me. But it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing at all. Now Jonah, we all know the story about Jonah. In today's scripture, we jump to the end of the story, but we know that Jonah is told to go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh and tell the people to repent and turn back to God. And so, like any might-be prophet who knows what happens, when people don't want to hear a prophetic word, he gets on a boat and goes in the opposite direction for about a thousand miles. Didn't go so well for Jonah. He gets tossed off the boat, swallowed up by a giant fish, spit out on the shore. And finally, he decides to go to Nineveh. And so he goes to Nineveh, this great city, and he tells the people to repent and turn to God. And lo and behold, they actually listen to him. Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be no more, he tells them. And they get down on their knees, and they cover themselves with sackcloth and ashes. And they repent and turn to God. So Jonah finds that if he actually practices this faith that he has, not just hears it and understands it, but actually practices this faith, that somehow it changes a community, it changes a great city, it changes a culture, it changes a civilization. And so we are called to find a way to follow and live out the faith. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that God is actually speaking to us. 
You know, it's so easy for folks, we, we talk about it all the time, people can look at me like, well, you're a minister, so it's you. No, 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 it's not me. It's us. We are called to follow. We all hear those words, come, follow me. John and I are quite fond of um, animated movies and cartoons. And one of my favorite is the first Kung Fu Panda movie. I don't know how many people have seen Kung Fu Panda, okay? Uh, okay, so, all right, so I'll fill it in a little. But anyway, there's this great big panda. And he is raised by um, a duck. His father is a duck, um, so he's an adopted son. And his father, King, is a duck. And his father makes noodles and sells them, and his life is noodles, and that's what he does. So his entire life is about noodles, and he's teaching his son to make noodles and to sell noodles. And it's all about the noodles. And then all of a sudden, this big, giant, clumsy panda is called up to be the warrior king. And you know, King is like, yeah, no, 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 where are you going? What are you doing? No, come back here. We make noodles. Life is about noodles. It is the essence of life, these noodles. And his son goes off to become the warrior king. That's got to be a little bit how we feel. When we hear we're being called up to something, it seems impossible. You know, it's much easier if we just stay here and make the noodles. Do as we were taught to do, make the noodles. Figure out what that secret ingredient is, instead of being called up to be the warrior king. And that warrior king was the king that was going to be put in place to keep the peace. And so somehow we are called out of ourselves, even to the surprise and shock of perhaps our parents or neighbors or friends, but more often we're called up to the shock of ourselves. That somehow we think we're not worthy. Somehow we think that we are not worthy to untie the straps of each other's sandals. And yet Jesus says, come follow me. Jesus says, you are enough. Jesus says, if you follow me and live out this faith, you will be enough for the world. And when we're living out this faith, not just knowing the stories, not just being able to debate the meaning, but to live this faith so it is rooted deep in our hearts and our souls, right down through our feet into the ground of our being. When we're able to live out this faith, we'll be able to live those lives of compassion. Listen closely when our children talk. They understand a lot more I think sometimes than we do. 
that Jesus teaches us to live with compassion, to live with kindness, to reach out to all people. And when we're able to do that and live that faith little by little, God's kingdom will come. Because we are the best of the best, we are empowered to build up that kingdom. We are the best of the best because we have been chosen by Jesus our Savior. We are the best of the best because walking in faith changes things. We are the best of the best because when we do our best and are our best, the world changes and God's kingdom is built on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.